0: we get into the message, I just wanted to um, also acknowledge a couple of people, one of whom I do not see. Um, But uh, if you see uh, Danny Weaver, we've been talking about being grown and owning around here, and I just wanted to uh, just acknowledge uh, Danny. I want to acknowledge Jose. Um, Earlier today, I saw them emptying our outdoor trash cans just on their own, just because they saw it needed to be emptied. So thank you, Jose. Danny's not in here. He's probably doing something else. He, he's consistently finding ways to do things, right? Uh, and then you received an email uh, just warning you about the little tree situation out there, uh, just so no one, I mean, you know we all come in here sober-minded, so you should have been able to see the tree. But I still wanted to give you a heads up uh, that the tree was going to be there. And um, and and John Peggins was like, why didn't you call me? And I was like, well, we called our landscape dude. He was like, but I have a chainsaw. So you know what? See, things like that, thank you, John. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, Danny, wherever you are. that Those are just examples of being owned and gr- uh, being grown and owning and uh, just doing things because they need to be done. And you see them and you grown. So thank you. Um, also, before... Uh, before I um, go uh, move forward, I just wanted to acknowledge the James family, who are longtime former members of the Rock <laughs> they are in the House. So welcome, Jameses. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, well. I'm not. I'm gonna just move forward. So all right. So now we'll, we will we will continue. Uh, we've been in a little mini series throughout the month of uh, August uh, called um, uh, "What Are You Prepared to Do." Uh, and, and what are you prepared to do is on the heels of having been in almost in, in, in a month's long series on the supernatural storyline of the Bible. So the supernatural storyline of the Bible, there are going to be some things uh, that, that, that I'm going to assume and I want to apologize up front. There's no way I can mention everything that a thought may spring from that was said during that series. That series took place from October uh, through July. So there's some things that our members are going to be able to, you know, hopefully, be reminded of. But but everyone here may not be able to be reminded because you didn't hear it. So if you want context, um, you, I know it doesn't even make sense to tell you to listen to the whole thing. That just I understand that. Um, but but if you go to our website, you have the opportunity to listen to as much as you would like to. Um, so um, I my objective today. So we so I'll just. I wasn't going to do this, but, um, if we can project the entirety just for the sake of context, if we could project from, um, Ephesians 610, rather than starting at 18, just to try to give a little, little bit of background to, uh, what we were doing, um, then and how we come to where we are now, which is the focus on verses 18 through, uh, 20, um, So the, the, the classic spiritual warfare uh, passage that people go to when you're talking about the supernatural, anything of the Bible, is going to be Ephesians chapter 6. Um, and so I'm going to read, even though our focus is going to be um, verses uh, 19 and verse 20, um, and our focus has been for this month 18, um, we're going to start at verse 10 just for the sake of being able to give some cursory acknowledgement of some of the components of the supernatural storyline. So, verse 10, we're reading from the ESV, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, Over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So that's the context in which we find ourselves as believers, regardless of what our knowledge of it is. This is where we are. According to scripture, we're in a place where we wrestle not against flesh and blood, which we see every day. But we're wrestling against things that we do not see. Right. All right. So. Um. Because of that, 13, therefore, because we're in this context, therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So Paul tells them to take on this armor that they would have seen every day. These believers would have seen it every day because they were in the Roman culture. So they would have known what a Roman centurion soldier looked like. They would have known what his uniform was and would have been able to relate to um, the various components of his uniform. And usually when we talk about spiritual warfare, we end there. We end at verse 17. But as we try to make the point this month, we should not end there. Because those that's just how we're supposed to dress. With Those are just the... The, the weaponry we have, if we're talking about the, 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 the sword and just what our uniform is supposed to be and how, as Pastor Kurt said, the word is the glue that, that, that has, that's involved in every, one, every element of the uniform. But it doesn't talk about doing until verse 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So we've talked for the last two weeks about what it means to pray. And how we can pray that prayer uh, that 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 focus was not an exhaustive uh, biblical theology on prayer. Um, you can you can do that in your own time, but it can be a springboard uh, to just, you know, to that um, if you want to use it in that way for those who have been here. Um, but today we're, our focus is going to be not on talking to God, but on talking to people. If we would have any impact in the supernatural realm, we must talk to God. But then if we are to advance his kingdom here on earth, we must also talk to people. So our focus is now changing to that of talking with people. And our objective objective is to continue to shape the paradigm of our participation In the supernatural storyline that is continuing to unfold we are part of it so how we behave within the context of it is very important and as stated talking to people about the Most High is one of the ways in which we participate so let's pray and then I'm going to just tell you something that Pastor Kurt said and then we're going to move forward through the passage Father we thank you for this day which you have made we thank you so much for the gift of life More than that, we thank you for the gift of eternal life. We thank you, Lord, that you have saved us, that you have redeemed us. We thank you that you are using us for your plans and purposes here on this earth. Our desire, Lord, has not always been, but we thank you that you have redeemed us. So it is now Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may that begin with me. That should be the cry of every believer. And to the degree that it isn't, Lord, help us. And to the degree that it is, would you help us not only to have the will or the mind, but also to develop the skill to interact as one a resource, a source of advancing your kingdom here on this earth, Lord. Father, we ask you that you will please increase and that you will cause me to decrease. We pray that you would do what only you can do here, Lord. Only you can speak to each one who is here. Only you can speak to each one who is with us via live stream, only you can speak to those who are also going to later listen to this message. So, Father, we ask you to do what only you can do. We ask you that you would please use me again. May I decrease, but would you increase, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So, in the uh, May 21st message that Pastor Kurt did called Faithfulness and Evangelism, he said that taking possession of the land, which was the message before that, so that would have been May 14th, there's a whole theology of land that is really critical to understanding the supernatural implications, because at Babel, you remember Babel, they were going to build a temple, um, God confused the language, and then humanity was dispersed. And humanity was dispersed um, you'll have to listen to, to the message on Bible, because <laughs> this could sound strange to you, so I apologize if it, if it does, but our members know that, 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 that humanity was dispersed, and in the, in the dispersion of those of humanity, there were lesser cosmic beings who had control over those areas. And so even when Israel goes out from, from Egypt, But let's go back. Let's go back to Adam. Even when Adam is first on the scene, what's Adam told to do? He's told to have dominion. He's told to subdue. From Eden, he's supposed to conquer for the Lord. That's what he's supposed to do. Obviously, the fall happened and then that conquering got derailed a bit. Right. But God has a plan. He speaks to Abraham. Abraham's people eventually go into Egypt. They become the people of Israel who will become Israel in Egypt come out with millions, right? They were told that they were supposed to go and they were supposed to conquer the lands. We know they didn't do that. They felt like they were grasshoppers. Even though God said, i am giving you this land, they don't see themselves as they ought to see themselves. And the Egyptians, um, excuse me, the Israelites are not different from us. We don't see ourselves as we ought to see ourselves either. We see ourselves as Merely human beings, and surely we are, but there are some things that we're supposed to do, not because we're superhuman, but because we're human, and we are trying to do that which God calls us to do, and so we're we're not trying to act merely human, this is what I mean by that, so I just want to make sure you understand what I mean by that, so um, as many of you know, I, do, I deal with uh, a lot of schools. There were a bunch of back-to-school events happening. Someone needed, uh, one school needed something from me that I could provide. So I decided, you, you know what, I'll provide it. So, and also tied with that, there was, there, there's this big, sometimes I get this stuff to, to give away, like two pallets worth of stuff to give away. And so I received that the day before they needed the other items. So I talked to their building supervisor. And the building supervisors, like, you got to come at this time. That was very inconvenient for me. So I was, as someone would say out there, salty about that. <laughs> I was like, man, come on. I've i put that stuff in there before at this time. Like, why can't I? I didn't say this to him, but this, my mind is like, man, you like, I don't know what's wrong with you. But something seems to be wrong with you, because I've known you for a few years now, and that's how you're acting right now. But I am going to submit to the plan. Okay, I'm gonna do that. Then someone else from that building calls, hey, can we, can we use these tables? Yeah, you can use these tables. Okay. That, that person's off the day that I bring the tables. I go to the office. The office puts me in contact with this guy. And then he says, those tables are for such and such. I don't know what to do with them tables. They for that person. Put them in their office. Put them in their office. He's talking to me rough, and I kind of land over I don't like you talking to me rough. If you talk to me rough, I want to talk rough back to you. That's what I, I want to do. I want to do. But talking rough back to you is merely human. Right, right. It's merely who hu- everyone will do that, whether you're from Landover or wherever the softest place in America is. And you're going, you not, you're not going to want to just take that, right? You're going to want to like, hey man, who are you talking to? So he was talking to me like that, and it was just like, I'm. Then everything is converging, right? Everything. It's like a, the, the discussions between wives and husbands when the wife remembers everything from like the first day you dated, and then like it's like, what? What are we talking about, this, babe? Like, it's like that. I was for all the married people. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so if you're not married, take note of that. <laughs> but, but he's talking to me, and just like, man, I'm, I'm not. And he says the person's name like this for such and such such and such such and such, right? I'm like, yes, man. You said such and such like three or four times. Yes, it's for that person. And so then I said something else that it was like, man, you're like getting on my nerves right now. And so then I said okay, but I had already said okay, right? So I'm sorry. So this is how. So I already said okay. So what are you still talking to me? I said I'll put it in the office. So I leave, and I'm like, man, I don't even want to put him in the office right now. So I'm gonna just go, cause right now I know, like, I'm just not in a good place, and I've given expression to it. So as I drive away, I'm sorry. As I get in my car, I'm like, man, that was not handled like a man of God. Like I'm out here intentionally. You know how Pastor Kerr says, I don't even tell people I'm a pastor. Well, I tell people I'm a pastor intentionally. I want to smoke. I, I do. I want to smoke. I want to. I want the opportunity. To show you, I want the opportunity to show you that there are legitimate pastors here who are not trying to manipulate you, that are trying to help you, that's not looking for your money, that's just looking for an opportunity to express their faith through service to you. So, so that's so that's why I'm Pastor Mike. I'm not Mr. Dixon. I'm not. I'm, hey, I'm Pastor Mike. How you doing? This? I mean, now you can call me whatever you call me. Some people just call me Mike, and it's like. Alright, well I'm gonna show you I'm 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 a real pastor by not requiring you not to hey it's pastor, I worked hard for that.
1: <laughs>
0: no, we, we don't need to do that. Um, so anyway, as I get in my car, I'm like, man, that was not handled like a man of God. Or at least the man of God that I have in my mind that I ought to be. So I'm like, I need to get myself, I need to humble myself, but I need to like calm down a little bit to do it. So Calm down. I drove back at some point during the day, and uh, he was—he was—he he was about to tell me like, "Don't come." Then he saw who I was, and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I came, and then I told him. I asked him, "Could he come here?" And then there was this other guy who actually we went to middle school together. He works there as well, and he came. He was there when I was talking to the gentleman, so I asked him to come too because he saw—he saw how I was getting down. So like, hey man, you know what, I just wanted to um, ask you to forgive me for the way I was talking to you. I said, um, I don't know you know, I I, I'm just, I I know why I felt the way I felt, I said it seemed like I was getting in the middle of you and this person, that's what it felt like to me so I don't know, you didn't say I was, but that's that's how it felt to me, and so I responded to that, and I don't think that's the way I'm supposed to respond, so my brother, I just wanted to ask you to please forgive me for that, and he was like, oh no, no man, you know, you ain't you ain't do nothing, no, we, good, we good, we good. Then he goes into, like, a five-minute complaint about this person. <laughs> right? So it was that, right? It was, <laughs> it was that. It was that. And then, then he was talking about, like, where people are parked. And it's like, they ain't supposed to be parked. So, so he was just, it was obvious that he felt the pressure of school having to start, him being in charge of the building, stuff coming from every direction. And then he get an attitude from me, who's like, I'm, he only got to answer to me. Um, I mean, I could go to the principal, but I was just like, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. Because I know the principal would have, but, but it's like, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. Well, that whole letting them know how I feel, that was a merely human act. And that whole going back and asking for forgiveness, well, I mean, we all as believers do that, but it's otherworldly to other, to people. They're not used to people doing that. This brother, for the first time ever, was like shook, shook my hand at his initiation, all of that. Gave me love. You know, love and all that. When I came back to put the stuff later on in the, the, the two pallets worth of stuff, when I came back for that, he was, he was showing love. It's easy to act merely human and it's easy to excuse acting merely human because that's what we know, that's what we're familiar with. It's easy, it comes natural to us. But representing the, the Lord who is obviously transcends all of that To be able to behave in correspondence with this piece of him, or with 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 the person of him that he places within us, the Holy Spirit—that's otherworldly. In some kind of way, the the land is now, instead of being geographic, it's anthropological. With anthropological, that's manlike. Right? It's about hearts now. Pastor Kurt said spiritual warfare, biblically speaking, is not just about you resisting the devil. If someone were to ask God, what is spiritual warfare, he said, Pastor Kurt said, God would say that it is human being, God would not say that it was human, that it's human beings resisting the devil. He wouldn't start there. Instead, he would start with this: that it is about him against the gods, the cosmic powers of evil in heavenly places, and that we as his people play a role in his plan against those gods. Man, when's the last time you thought about yourself like that? But that's what you and I were created to do. Even if we look, look at, at, at Adam, I mean, I don't know what it was he was supposed to subdue. Scripture doesn't go into like what else, what else was around. But if he's supposed to subdue, that has like a that has some that has some pressure with it, right? That has some like I'm going to use force to impose my will. So even back then, and I don't have the details of that. have That's just an aside, a side note. But now we are told to go into all the world as believers. And take possession of the land, meaning human beings, who when you do funerals like I have, at some point you say from ashes to ashes, dust to dust, right? Because that's what we our bodies decompose into. So our conquest is other people. So in Ephesians six, eighteen, Paul says, just to remind, praying at all times in the spirit and with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. That words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak there were three things that Paul had that we, wanna, we want to uh, look at. And that is Paul had the conviction that he ought to speak. Paul was convinced that he ought to speak boldly. And Paul was also, he wanted to make sure that he spoke a message that was relevant to his particular audience. So let's look at those uh, quickly. So Paul had the conviction that he ought to, to speak, I mean, he says that at the end, right? He says, uh, he says everything he says. All right, also pray for me that the words be given me that I might open my mouth, proclaim the gospel. I'm an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul said this to the Romans. He said this in 14 He said, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. Paul felt an obligation to share the gospel with anyone with whom he came into contact. So Paul was convinced that he ought to speak to others. I'm sure he may have been convinced of this because he saw himself as an ambassador for Christ. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through uh, 21 says this, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Paul saw himself as an ambassador for Christ he understood that that God was reconciling people to Himself through His ambassadorship, and so Paul understands this. He understands that 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 in that in Romans, he, he's the one who wrote this in Romans ten, Romans ten fourteen where it says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? Paul understood that he was the someone who was preaching. Now, we all are not Paul. We are not, we, we, we're not like Paul. So Paul in this way, we're not like Paul in this regard. When Paul um, got saved, obviously, you know, he was on his way to Damascus. He saw Jesus in a vision. Um, he was blinded, um, and um, there was someone named Ananias sent to him to pray for him that he might uh, that he might not be blind anymore, so that he could begin his work. So God said this to Ananias about Paul. He says, "But um, he says, go to Paul because he was He was a little bit. He was he was arguing with the Lord about going because he knew that Paul was locking people up for believing in Jesus. But the Lord told Ananias that he was to go to Paul, Saul at the time." Because he was a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Paul, you know, I don't, no one came to me and said, you know what, Mike, the Lord told me this about you and you, like, right after I got saved, nobody came and did that. And even if they did, it's not in scripture. Paul's doing is in scripture, right? So Paul's a little bit different than we are. But the principle of what Paul is doing, because people cannot believe the gospel, they cannot believe in whom they've never heard, we are those who share who people should believe in. Right? So Paul is gone. Peter's gone. Those folks are gone for a long time now. But people have continued. We have gotten saved because God still speaks to people through people. And so God is looking to speak To us through people. So we're using Paul as a principle and as an example for us. So we, like Paul, should be convinced that we ought to speak. Why? Because people won't know about Jesus if we don't speak. And people will be lost in their sins. People will continue to be in bondage. People will be on their way to hell. Unless someone tells them that there's a deliverer, we get to tell them that there's a deliverer because we've been delivered. And at, at 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 I'm I'm very simple. At the forefront of our minds should be that we have been delivered. Why why in a situation a conversation where this man is getting on my nerves. And after talking with him, I said, okay, I was right. You're putting me in the middle of God. Well, why, how did I do something wrong? Well, I've been delivered and I live differently. I'm from a different kingdom. I'm not from the same kingdom as, as he is. You're not from the same. If you're walking with Christ, you're not from the same kingdom as everyone else just walking around. That's, that's not who you are. Yes, you're a human being. You are. But your looks, you don't judge a book by its cover. There's more going on than just we come here, get as much as we can get till it's time to go, and then that's it for it. That's not what we live for. We live for more than that, right? By the grace of God. Not the, We weren't, for anyone who's not, we weren't born like this. It's not, it's a miracle of God for anyone to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. The scriptures are clear that it takes the Spirit of God to understand that and to walk in that. To, yes, people might believe that He was He was historical. Thank God for that stuff. But to believe in Him as the Son of the Most High, that takes the Spirit of God to reveal that to you. It took the Spirit of God to reveal that to Peter who was walking with him. So how much more of the Spirit of God will it take for us that do not walk with him, cannot see him, to believe that he is the one that is promised from the Scriptures. That takes the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God, if we believe that, will change us. Will change us in a moment, our status before God, boom. But then change us incrementally so that we become more like Christ. So you might not have gone back and apologized to that guy. Okay, I mean, it still be a belief. You might be a believer. You might, that may not may not have convicted you, but it convicted me. I've been walking with the Lord for a long time, so some things that are very some things that are very sensitive get me, and some things that are very sensitive to my wife don't get me. In other words, we're all in different places. That's what I'm. That's so. So you know, we have different sensitivities, and um, you know, if I like to keep watching The Godfather over and over and over again, and my wife's like, "Why would somebody who comes from that?" It's like, babe, it's the the strategy. It's the. And she might like movies that are like hard. I'm like, why would somebody want to watch that? Well, it's it's the. So we may not be sensitive about the same things, but the Spirit of God is going to be at work within us, right? And if the Spirit of God is at work within us, if, especially for those of us who remember, if we remember BC, if we remember before Christ, and we look at the trajectory of our life apart from Christ, and we see what life could have been like apart from him, but our life is not like that at all, our life looks nothing like that, that's, that's my testimony, then it's like, man, I have to keep that at the forefront of my mind. Because there are people like me, they might not be doing the exact same things, but they're in bondage to the things that I was in bondage to. And so I can be a a, a Harriet Tubman spiritually. I, I can tell you how to get from where you are to where I am. Now, I can't make you go there, but I can tell you about Jesus, right? We all have the opportunity to tell people about Jesus because we know him. Not because they present an opportunity. First, start with, I know him. Elf, start with that. Elf, no Santa. I know him. Start with that with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I know him. Yes. The savior of the world. I know him. Think like that. Yes. Appreciate him. Worship him. So all of these things function for Paul. I'm sure he, I'm sure he could remember when he was locking people up. I'm so sure he remembered when he went to get the papers. Like, I'm, I'm going to lock everybody up. I'm even travel to lock people up. Let me, let me get them papers. All right, okay. And then he's, he has a detail with him, right? And he's go, he remembers that. He remembers holding Stephen's coat. Yeah, man, I'll hold your coat, man. Just go ahead. Throw, throw. Yeah, all right, good. Good. He's probably a hype man, right? He remembers that. And so he feels an obligation because people are in bondage. Yeah, people, I mean, you, I'm sure you met some people who like drama. They seem to, like, thrive off of drama. They like pain. It seems like when they have pain, like, it just, that just, they really like it. They get into it. They bring more pain with it. Like, it's like, man, man, what's wrong with this person? Like, they blow every single little thing. Up. Some people like being in bondage. But there were certain aspects of bondage I like to be in as well. I remember that. I remember that. But then when I didn't like it for me, Because I had knowledge of what I should be in Christ and I walked away with it, then I thought I could not escape the bondage that I was in. So what was enjoyment became like torture at some point, even though there was maybe a smidge element of enjoyment. But it wasn't worth knowing the truth about what would happen to people who were living the way I was living How do you think about people? I mean, if you watch the news networks, you can see how people think about people. Think about them like Democrats, or they hate like this, or liberals. Or they think about them like Republicans, or conservatives. Or they think about them as the young people committing all this crime carjacking people, the old people who, man, she knows she shouldn't be driving. (laughs) But you need to be careful with that, I'm going to tell you. Because at some point, unless the Lord returns or you leave before you get that old, you're not going to want to stop driving you're not going to want to move with your kids you're not there's be some things that you can do you can do them slower i don't know why these people sent their grandmother in there to, for the first time to order chipotle for like 3 or 4 people <laughs> but i was right behind her and she had her little list and they was helping her, thank you, I hear, oh, that's, that's, that's how I was feeling, like, oh. I'm like, man, I remember the first, the first time I went to Chipotle, and I was in my, I was probably about early 30s. I didn't even know what to do. People went in front of me, and I ordered stuff, and then I was like, oh, man, I didn't know you could order, like, get everything in there. I, I would have got that, you know. Um, so I didn't know what to do. So here's this lady in her prior mid to upper 70s, maybe trying to handle, like, four orders of Chipotle at once. Then she had problems getting her her her, her credit card the right way in the little machine and all that. Oh, no, no. She paid with cash. So, she, so, so, I mean, God was good because I was behind her. And and, and, and it was like, look, we're just going to slow down. I'm not, you're not going to hear me like, oh, man. No, you're not going to hear me do that. I'm going to try to help this lady because when it's my turn, I hope the Lord sends somebody to help me and if I never get that if I don't get to that age then that is one way that I can represent the Lord. even though she don't know I'm representing the Lord because we're not, we're not having a conversation but my disposition towards her is going to be like his disposition towards people now when we think about God's disposition towards people this is what we need to remember yes there is and there will be a day of judgment for people who do not submit to the kingship of Jesus Christ there will be you cannot escape that. It is clear throughout Scripture, even in the Old Testament, there's this day of the Lord, right? All right. So so you cannot get away, away from that. But what you must recognize is that today, unless it happens later, right now is not that time. So until that time, we have the opportunity to like try to snatch as many people as possible from the wrath that is to come. Because right now, God is loving towards people. Now, there's some elements of judgment that come through, of course. But there's also, there's much more, or very obvious, I'll say it that way, very obvious demonstrations of God's love. This is why Paul, Paul not only understood that he was an ambassador, but his general Theology about God and man, I believe, helped them to see that he had an obligation. So here's some passages that I think will will help us. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15. This is before what I read about um, being his ambassadors. Paul said this, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. Now, this is specifically speaking about believers and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So Christ died for whose sake? He died not for people who were saved, saved already, but he died for people who were in rebellion against him. Yet he laid his life down For them so that they could die to themselves and live for him so God shows his love by giving his son right that's why John says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life God's disposition to the world yes there is a day of judgment yes people are accumulating wrath on themselves by the way they live they are So if you see people who are doing wrong, seemingly prospering like like the psalmist is complaining about in Psalm 73, remember what what brings them to a sense is like the end. Well, the end, like God is waiting. Do what you want, but God is waiting. Do what you want, but God is waiting. In the do what you want phase, though, there is God sending his son so that people do not have to look forward to God is waiting with fear and terror. Yes, there will be scrutiny even for believers, but because they are in Christ, they will not, be, they will not perish. Look at God's disposition toward humanity in, in Acts 17. And he made from one man Every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Do you think of people like that? Keep that up for a while. That's. Yeah, 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 27, that they should seek God and, like, look at the, perhaps it's like a question mark. Maybe they'll, like, feel their way. Maybe they'll find their way toward him. Right? So God is into making himself known. He's not into hiding himself, as it says, yet he is actually not far from each one of us, 28 says, for in him we live. This is using one of their poets, uh, one of their, something one of their poets wrote. For in him we live and move and have our being, even as some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So God was, okay, leaving you to the, the cosmic powers, that you. but now God's not doing that anymore. Now he's saying there's a day of judgment for everybody. But there's time to repent. We get to remind people that there's time to repent. His disposition is that all would repent, as we'll see in a moment. But before we look at that, just just remember this. Mark 12, 28 through 31 says this. And one one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he, meaning Jesus, answered them, well, I asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. He could have just stopped there, but then he goes in the second, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So to think that God is just viewing people the way we view people, we categorize people and that's it. We label them, sinner. Unbeliever, oh. believer. This, that, and the other. we just we label and we done. But our love for God positions us to love each other, yeah. Yeah. to love our neighbor. Then, then in, in Luke, it goes well. Who's our neighbor? The person wants to justify himself, and then he gives the parable of the good Samaritan. And then the person who does good is the last person you would think—the Samaritan. So our neighbor is. Whoever is in need, and I know some people say, all right, well, if it's whoever's in need, it's impossible for me to, like, serve everyone in need. But you know what? That can be a way to look at it. But I believe that if someone, I think I've said this before, if anyone comes into contact with me, I do not believe that's a coincidence. I just don't. That's just not the way I'm going to think. I'm going to think, well, I'm trying to live my life for the Lord. I pray for opportunities. I pray for the people who I who I will have opportunity with. So I'm just going to act like I'm supposed to do something. So I'm going to Staples yesterday, and I see some brother out that joint. Yesterday was hot, and he had one of them signs. Whatever the sign said, I don't know what it said, but I'm like, dang man, that brother has on a mask. And he all by himself. He has a mask on. He's just standing there. And I'm just like, my man, hey, I'm going to the Staples. You, you you, want the water? And he's like, yeah. So then I go into Staples, and I see this whole family that I, that I know, the mom. She introduces me to all her kids and her husband. And it was a great time. It was nice seeing them. <laughs> then as I came out, that brother was gone, right? And I'm like, oh, man. I miss, I'm like, hold on. Is that the brother right there? And so then it was him, but he no longer had to sign. I guess his shift was up. And then he came back. He was like, man, I thought you forgot about me, man. And I was like, nah, my brother, I ain't forget about you. I saw some people I knew. Here you go. So that wasn't a gospel encounter necessarily. But I, I say this all the time. You always hear me say, I'm sorry. This is going to be something you, you will hear me reiterate. We come into people's lives at different points in time, especially if you're, you're me. So I meet a lot of people. We come at different points. I don't know, just like the man I had feelings against. I don't know what people are going through. That cold water, remember Matthew 25, right, in my name you gave water. It's like, well, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. But When was that? They, they don't even know because that's just how they live, right? So it's, it's I'm seeing those things and I'm seeing, wow, that's the way God's people live. So that's what I'm going to try to do. As I have opportunity and capacity. So I may not, every time I'm not able to do that. I'm not, I'm not able. I have to drive on and say, man, Lord, please bless that dude. That's it. That's all I can say. Um, But other times I can say, hey, I'm getting ready to go get this. So, hey, you want, I'll hook you up if you want it. And in that instance, he did. God's disposition towards people should determine our disposition toward them. So if God so loves the world, I'm not saying love the world in a way that is, there is an unbiblical way to love the world. So I'm not saying love them in a non-biblical way. I'm not saying cosign on everything they do. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Uh, Romans lets us know that, you know what, not only do people who do those things deserve to die, people who approve of those things deserve it as well. So, no, I'm not saying cosign. But I am saying remembering that people are in bondage to their sins. Remembering that apart from the power of God, they just going to be stuck. Now, they can change their flavor of sin, But they're not going to change their ultimate destination unless they come through Christ. And we have Christ to share with others. So our disposition toward humanity should be such that we have a view of them that for as long as God, as long as we're in this period where he's calling everyone to repent, we have the opportunity to demonstrate what it looks like to live in repentance and to invite people to repent. What they do with that is on them. And, and we do, I do not, I'm not of the opinion that we need to take every opportunity to share, like, everything there is to share. So what I appreciate about Paul is that in, this, uh, in verse 19, when he says, also, praying for him, right, also, that words may be given me to open my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Paul's not asking, like, what the gospel is. What Paul is doing is he's looking for words that can communicate the gospel in a way that meets these people precisely, like where they are. So, if you're not from my background, and you're you know you're you're sharing the gospel, um, uh, well, if you're sharing the gospel with a person who's not from my background, um, and you're sh- you're sharing it with somebody who's grown up in the church, that, that that's you would probably share the gospel a little differently. If you look in the, in the book of Acts, you see where they are addressing the crowds, but they are addressing the crowds differently. So the way Paul talk, spoke in Acts 17 is different than how you'll see Peter speak in, in Acts 2. Why? Because Acts 2, they're biblically literate. You don't have to get the, uh, get the poet, man. We can talk scripture. We can go to Joel, and we can show you like what, what, what Joel says, Right? But so we have to be able to know like who we're talking with, so that we can speak the gospel in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that they can comprehend it. I've been in situations where, in an effort to like be like theologically accurate based on what your theological categories are, that you've confused the person that you're trying to talk to. It's just too much for them; they can't understand all that. They're like. Like a computer, on over. I know our computers don't really overload now because we're in a good spot. But back in the day, when computers would get to be like that, it's like like you could see the person's eyes. It's like she don't even know what he's talking about right now. <laughs> so it's like man, dang. and she asked like a great question. Right? So 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 we so Paul, I think when he's talking about the words being given to him to open his mouth boldly, it's it's how can I share this in a way that will hit like where they are. Jesus with the woman at the well. He doesn't start talking theological things. He starts just talking about like, hey, this water. Like we had a, w- you at a well to get water, right? So they start talking about water. And then he transitions the conversation to talk about himself, to talk about where the place of true worship is, all, all of that stuff. He gets, he gets to that, but he, he, Jesus, Paul, Peter, they understood their audience enough to be able to hone in the gospel to be communicated in a way that this person would hear it and they'd be like, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Now, whether they do that or not, whether they want Jesus, on, that's on them. right? So even, even in, in, um, in Acts 17, when Paul preaches the gospel, when Paul preaches the gospel, One thing that Paul does is when he first addresses them he says men of Athens I perceive that in every way you are very religious. Paul took the time to gain a perception of who these people were so that he would have a launching point to share the gospel with them in a way that would make sense to them. So he goes to the, how religious they are, and then he preaches the gospel to them. And it doesn't uh, necessarily look like a textbook what we would say, hey, that's preaching the gospel today. It doesn't look like that. Well, those people are like totally biblically illiterate, so this so may not look that way. But this is what's happening every time we share with people. And this is why Paul wanted to speak a, a, a relevant message to a particular audience. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is War is waged when we address strongholds in people's lives, verbally. People's minds change. Or can change. They don't always change. Look, verse 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive obey Christ so, so the things that are not in obedience to Christ we're bringing Christ up as an alternative to the things that people trust in now to be able to do that takes skill it takes time it takes studying people it, take, it takes all of that and so there's much more to say but I'm not going to say it now we'll say it next week some of it next week but I will say this This week, I would like everyone, every day, to pray for God to give us opportunities to talk to people. I'm I'm, going to scale that back. That might be too much for y'all. I'm going to scale it back. This week, I want you to pray that God gives us open ears to hear how people think, and then gives us a mind to contemplate how Christ addresses that thought. How does how is Christ the answer to what they're talking? If it's relational, you hear people on the phone. I mean, you know, people talk real loud on it. Now. They don't even care who's around.
1: I was like God,
0: dog, no, man, you're public. They don't care. I obviously, don't care. It is what it, Okay, so I'm listening. I li- I do. I listen. I eavesdrop. Yes, you can't have raised five kids without eavesdropping, right? You got you got your ears got to be, hey, hey, who said that? Or like, what y'all talking about, you know? So, so I eavesdrop because it gives me, because I'm not hanging around people like well For the first 15 years, yeah, I wasn't hanging around people. I was in the church. Now I'm around a lot of people, so I get to hear a lot, right? But what do we hear as being like, Issues in people's lives, and how does Christ address that issue? Because He does. He is the one who was at the woman at, at the well with the woman, and He didn't just ignore the fact that she had been with five, and she was with someone who wasn't her husband. No, He He went there. He's the one who went there, right? Go get your husband. I mean, He knew what He was doing. He's playing chess right now up I don't have a oh, you answer correctly. so he knows what he's doing, so we're not him we can't we can't just know that about people when we look at them, but we can listen to people and we can consider like how is Christ an answer for that dilemma that they have? Just one week of doing that, pray for that for us all because i I really believe that as we listen and as we consider then We will learn how to access words to open our mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel in our culture. But it's going to take work. It's not going to one message is going to fix that. Even this week is not going to fix it. But it is a step to a mindset that can help you to execute. And so that's what we're after. We're not after information around here. You already know. We're after transformation. So what do we do? Well, what we do is we go after people. We go after people who need the God that we have. That's what we do because they're in bondage. They have an opportunity to be free. It's up to them whether or not. But if they never hear of Jesus, they won't ever be free. We can tell them about Jesus. We can show them our good work so that they can glorify our Father who is in heaven. These are things we can do. We pray to God so that He can do the things that He does, but we also participate. And that is something that I hope we get prepared to do. And that is tell others about our wonderful Savior. Now, if you are here and you have not been walking with Christ, I'm not going to think that you're here on accident. He gave His life to give you new life. Now, I don't know all of the ways your life needs to change, but you're here this morning. And you've heard about how we want to talk about Christ to people. Uh, we would love to continue the conversation even more specifically with you, more precisely with you. So if you came with someone, please ask them any questions you may have. Um, if you have any questions, I'll be here for a little while before I take off to go to my family reunion. I will be here for a little while. <laughs> um, um, but 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 I, hey, I'll be I will miss that in order to talk to you about Christ in a way that makes sense to you so as the band comes up we're going to let them come up um, I just want to exhort you please understand that the the days of repentance and repentance that's a biblical word so let me tell you that all that means is to do a 180 it means you're going in one direction and you're like ah let me go in the other direction so it's it's, um, it's just changing direction so it's changing the direction from living for self to living for Christ now, you don't know all that that entails, even if you say, yeah, hey, I want to do that right now. You don't know all that that entails, but that's why you become part of a church, so you can learn what it means to become like Christ in a nurturing place um, with some theological accuracy. So with some accuracy, that's not going to, like, have you just giving all your money or drinking Kool-Aid that's going to kill you so we can go be with him. That, that, that's why you join a, a legitimate church, man. All right, so so even if it's not here, it doesn't. we're not the only church around that's, that's, that's trying to be faithful to what God's word says, but we would like to help you like to help you grow, we would like to help you find that place, but even more than that, we would like to help you walk with Christ, and so if that's you today, we would love to have a convo with you before you leave um, and um, actually we're just going to pray right now before we uh, do communion and as we pray, we can go ahead and get that music for that song, we can just go ahead and do that right now Lord Thank you that you came into the world to save people, to make yourself known, and to deliver people from the destruction that is to come. We thank you that you are building a new thing on the way to that day, and that what you build won't ever be destroyed. Thank you that we are part of your family. Thank you for the privilege it is to know your name. Thank you for revealing yourself to us and opening our eyes that our worship may be to you and that out of that worship we would tell other people about you because you are so good. Now Lord, I ask you that you would please bless us as we take communion. May we be reminded of the lengths you've gone to to save us, that you would take on flesh, live a life that we ought to have lived through Adam, but didn't, and pleased the Father at all times, but yet died for sins that were not his. We thank you for that and we praise you for that. Amen. Amen. Now let's take the wafer. Represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is not your Lord right now, we would urge you not to take communion for scripture lets us know that communion is only for those who have placed their trust in and therefore Jesus Christ. Instead, I would urge you to consider the invitation to come and talk and learn more about him for those of us who are disciples of Christ, let us take the wafer which represents his body and let us eat. And now let's take let's take the juice which represents the blood that was shed for us.
2: together.
0: thank you for making us co-heirs and co-laborers with you. I pray that you would open our ears because we want to speak a word that addresses our culture for we are here for such a time as this. It's you who allots the time periods and the boundaries in which people live. In light of that, we ask you that our worship would not just be under this roof, but that our lifestyle would be one of worship that gives expression to praise to you wherever we are. And Lord, would you please bring us into contact throughout the rest of this year, would you bring us into contact with people who need you and who know it but may not know exactly what they need. Would you place us in their path at the right time? They may hear about Jesus and be open to the message of him and come to know you and walk with you and for anyone here who's uncertain about whether or not they know you or walking with you we pray that by your spirit you would help them not to harden their heart but to hear your voice and to speak to whoever they came with or with me or someone who knows about you that you may be glorified they may be redeemed. Glorify yourself in that way and glorify yourself in us throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you and we praise you. Amen, amen, and amen.